0: We're joined today by James Greer from the Gateway Foundation. We come to this interview today after talking a little bit about addiction issues in recent weeks. James, thank you so much for your time.
1: Sure, no problem. And you can call me Andy. That's why everybody goes. Why everybody calls me by.
0: Sure. Well, Andy, we... Uh, Welcome you to the program, and we'll just start with this question. Uh, what is the Gateway Foundation, and what is your role with that organization?
1: Okay. Um, the Gateway Foundation is a substance abuse treatment organization. We've been around since 1968. We have 16 different locations throughout the state of Illinois. Predominantly, we work with residential and outpatient services. Now, I'm with the Carbondale location, which has been there since 1994. I am the business development coordinator, which is a fancy way of saying it. I do most of the community outreach. And uh, act as a go-between for our site and agencies and departments throughout the area.
0: And uh, how long have you been with the Gateway Foundation?
1: Well, all together, about 20 years. I started with Gateway in 1996, worked with them for 17 years, left to work with a couple other programs, and I've been back with them for three years. So I've been involved with Gateway for 26 years.
0: And what is the primary purpose of Gateway?
1: We work with individuals who are going through the recovery process from substance, uh, substance use disorders, whether it's alcohol illicit substances, uh, medications they've used, whatever the substance is that's causing a major issue in their life, we provide counseling services to address those issues.
0: Has the number of people who are experiencing issues with addiction increased over the last 10 years?
1: Yes, and what we're finding is that not only are we seeing a shift in what's being used, we're seeing a decrease in um, services being provided, while there's also a change in how treatment is actually being done. So we see a lot of different things happening over the last 10 years. Um, what you've seen over the last little bit has been a shift from, I would say if you go back actually 15, 20 years, a shift from the majority of drug cases being methamphetamines to go on to opiates, now we're seeing shift back into methamphetamines with um, opiates being still in the crossover in there. So we're seeing that pendulum swift, uh change through the, through the area. With the uh, onset of COVID and the restrictions and things that have taken place during that time, we've also seen an increase in alcohol consumption take place where individuals during that time where they were isolated, where there was not a lot of accountability, where there's a lot of stress and a lot of um, anxiety happening during that time, you see an increase in alcohol consumption. That has really been a major issue that we've had to address. We've also seen the increase of uh, opiate and fentanyl use in the area, which is something that's been part of a national trend but it's been a little bit different in this area than what we see nationally. While we do see an increase in overdoses and um, medical interventions with that, that is not the predominant issue that we're seeing come into treatment programs. Predominantly we're seeing coming into treatment being alcohol or methamphetamine, particularly in this area. (laughs) But we do hear a lot about overdoses from fentanyl, Uh, fentanyl use or with other opiates. And what we're finding is that in a lot of cases, these are accidental overdoses where someone's getting this substance without even being known that substance is in what they're hoping to be their drug of choice. For example, there is a clinic over in Evansville, Indiana, that outside of the clinic, they actually have test kits available for anybody who is using that way they can actually test the product they're getting to find that they have to see if it has fentanyl in it because there's such a high rate of accidental use with that that they're now providing test kits to say, okay, are you safe to use the substance? Because it actually does have what you're looking for or it doesn't have what you're looking for in it.
0: And I'm wondering, Andy, is fentanyl a substitute for something else? Because I do not remember... Growing up, going through dare classes or whatever, or just in being out here in society, talking to people, hearing about their problems—I don't remember fentanyl being in the lexicon of drugs 15 years ago.
1: No, it, it's been well, it's been around about 15, 20 years, or we've known about for 15 or 20 years. But it's a relatively newer opiate, and what it was originally designed for were quality care. Um, a lot of palliative care, um, medical issues. That's what it was designed for. And over time, we've seen individuals get their hands on it and become something that's a little more easily accessible over that time period. So, no, 20, 25 years ago, we didn't hear about it. It's really seen a trend over the last 10 years.
0: So let's talk to the individual who may be listening and either they're addicted or A family member understands that someone in their family is addicted. Who can come to Gateway?
1: Anyone over the age of 18. Um, And this is another trend we've seen change over the last 15 years. Unfortunately, with some of the changes that have taken place in the state, getting an adolescent into treatment, um, especially at a residential level of care, is extremely difficult. So we have actually shifted from working with adolescents to now we only work with adults at our Carbondale location. So anyone over the age of 18 can come into our program if their primary issue is substance use disorder. Now we can handle some mental health that goes along with the substance use. For example, if you have someone who is drinking heavily and they're also dealing with anxiety disorder or major depressive disorder or bipolar disorder, we can work with them also, but it has to fall under the main umbrella or the main issue being a substance use problem, okay? Now, we have different levels of care. We can provide everything from a basic outpatient, which means they see a counselor a couple times a week, to intensive outpatient counseling, where they may come to groups um, three to four times a week, to a residential level care, where they stay with us for three to four weeks at a time. So we have that full continuum of need that can be addressed at our site.
0: So someone who is actively using heroin can potentially come to Gateway and go through the withdrawals and things, or is that a separate issue?
1: No, we provide, okay, we are not a, let me backtrack a little bit here. We do not provide a standalone detox process we do provide medical assisted treatment in conjunction with our residential treatment now we do have other programs that do provide detox as a standalone program but our detox services are coinciding with our residential treatment so for someone who comes into our residential treatment says okay they're coming in today and we realize they have used an opiate within the last 48 hours we can provide medication to help deal with that withdrawal process um but if somebody's saying look i just want to do three three to five days get physically cleaned up and then go about my business unfortunately we're not gonna be able to provide that service at this time
0: so when somebody reaches out to gateway they can do that via phone call they can do that via your website and all of that contact is confidential
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We are bound by federal confidentiality laws that states that without a written release of information or a verbal release from you, we cannot let anyone know in any way, shape, or form that you're affiliated with this program. So all the uh, information you provide for us or provide to us is completely confidential. And yes, if they have somebody who's, has questions, they can call us. If they have somebody that, or they are somebody who's in need of those services, they can absolutely call us or get on our website and uh, contact us through our chat program. We have a multitude of different ways of getting the, uh, getting the information to you, whether it's through a phone call, email, uh, live chat, whatever the case may be. We want to get the information that you need and the help that is needed to the person at whatever level of care it is. And we will do whatever we can to help them get the right level of care, get what they need.
0: Andy Greer is with us from Gateway Carbondale, a um, facility, and organization that helps people that are addicted to drugs of all sorts. One of the things that maybe isn't talked about quite as much are steroids, see. People in my community, and everybody probably thinks of someone right now, who is using steroids. It's more common than I ever thought it would be. But um, Gateway deals with folks who are battling that issue as well.
1: Correct. Correct. Um, we look for us. It really doesn't matter. To a degree, it doesn't really matter what the substance is because they all fall under the category of what used to be called process disorders, which means they have a similar pattern that needs to be addressed, whether they are using to cope, whether they're using to deal with anxiety, whether it's a part of a prevention plan that they need to get involved in. The substance itself means far less than what the impact of that substance has had on their life. So when we look at the substance, we may need to address a physical need. But when we're looking at the counseling program, a lot of times you see the same patterns in play, regardless of what the substance is. So, and what we're looking at is addressing the process. We're addressing the uh, pattern that's in in that person's life, and the reasons, the motivations for what they're using, and all the the behind-the-scenes things like. Uh, are they dealing with grief? Are they dealing with insecurities? Are they dealing with um, some unresolved or uh, yeah unresolved trauma?
0: I can tell you one of the things that I hear from a lot of people that work in various correctional facilities in Southern Illinois is they just feel that they have to use certain substances in order to be able to protect themselves in those environments, uh-huh. and uh-huh. so. You know, there are a multitude of different um, reasons why uh, people end up finding themselves in the situations they find themselves in. We're visiting with Andy Greer from Gateway. Now, you said at the start of the interview that as the addiction has risen, uh, that in oftentimes and in many places, the services that are available have diminished, which I have to imagine means that the services that remain are heavily. Uh, tax the employees are under duress and it's um, difficult so is there a waiting list to get into a, f- a gateway
1: there is there is a little bit now it, in it there isn't a set time for a wait period it's really kind of a moving target it depends on when the person calls what unit they um meet the qualifications for for example we have four different residential units at our site we have two for men two for women one of each of our uh, units one of the men's programs and one of the women's programs are what you would consider a traditional residential service what you when you think about residential treatment what you think about rehab what you envision is from what you see on tv and movies and things like that is pretty typical what you would see at that unit But we also have two specialty programs. One is our Her Story program. That is for women who have a substance use disorder but also has PTSD or PTSD-like symptoms brought on by domestic violence or sexual assault. We also have a men's co-occurring program. That's our other, our fourth um, program, our other specialty program. That's for men with substance use disorders and psychiatric disorders where they may have had a... um, a history of suicide attempts, or they may have been in psychiatric hospitals before. So where they have a little bit higher level of psychiatric disorder that's stable, but they also are dealing with a substance use disorder, that is where that men's co-occurring program comes in. So if you have someone who's calling in, say today, and they're wanting to get into our men's traditional program, men's residential program, it may be, we may go get them in by beginning of next week. You may call in our herstory program and say, okay, I have this person who's fit the qualification for that. They may be able to get in in two days. It's a moving target, if you would, depending on what the bed configuration is at that moment.
0: And what does it cost to uh, participate in gateway programming?
1: Well, we actually have four – we have a multitude of um, financial – pathways to get into our program. What we try to do is take finances out of the equation as much as possible. What we find is we actually work with state Medicaid. So uh, whether it's Melina, Meridian, Aetna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, the MCO, whatever whatever the uh, state Medicaid managed care organization is, we can work with them. We also have some state grants available for those who don't have any insurance coverage whatsoever. We're also one of the few programs in the area that does work with private health insurance. We have contracts with about 30 different uh, insurance companies. United Healthcare, Cigna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, uh, Health Alliance, HealthLink. So we have in that, we're a net network provider for those insurance companies as well. So we actually have multitude of um, financial ways of getting a person into treatment. And for those who still find, even after their insurance hits a certain mark, that they have a financial hardship, we do have some financial assistance available in the ways of scholarships that we can provide that can help out with that also.
0: We've been visiting with Andy Greer from Gateway Carbondale. Andy, I really respect the work that you do because it's uh, and that the organization does because it's very difficult uh, work. Is there anything that I should be asking about, anything that's on your mind day-to-day, challenges that you're facing that maybe I wouldn't know to uh, bring up?
1: I think one of the biggest issues that we find is there's such a fear of getting a problem addressed, that there's so much that we tried to keep behind the scenes that by the time it comes to light, the progress or the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, the severity of the of the issue has gone on for so long that it's such a degree that if they just had stepped back and said, okay, let me address it here, we may be able to find that a lesser level of care would have been sufficient, or maybe they wouldn't have to have go through so much in the recovery process. There's such a stigma in dressing the disorder that people get scared and get afraid of. It's not until we talk about it, until we start addressing it, that it becomes normalized. as something that we feel comfortable addressing. It's almost like anything else, that... When we try to keep things hidden, it becomes a bigger factor. But as we talk about it, there's a healing that takes place in just admitting and talking about it. When we bring it out into light. As we bring it out into light, then we see that the process becomes bearable. It becomes comfortable. It becomes something that we are willing to address and the healing can take place then.
0: I think uh, one of the founding fathers said, if you've got a problem, hang a lantern on it. And, and I think that that is one way of saying that the longer you keep these problems under wraps, you don't um, solve the problem, you just delay. I remember listening to Billy Graham one time, and he said, if you've got A flight to atlanta that leaves at two o'clock and you can't figure out whether to get on the plane or not the flight will leave without you decisions are made whether we make them or not and time always decides and it always decides against you and so that is um exactly what i'm hearing you say and so i would encourage people who uh, know someone or they themselves are struggling with addiction to uh, engage with gateway uh, what is the website
1: well our website is um, gatewayfoundation.org that's our or they can contact me uh, my cell phone number is 618-559-2378 or our site number uh, for the gateway in carbondale is 618-529- 1151.
0: One, one. Andy, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it and we hope to catch up with you again in the near future. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much.